Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd love to know how this ministry is impacting your life. So please take a moment and email us at mystory at cowboyjunctionchurch.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at cowboyjunctionchurch.com and click give. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Hey, are y'all ready for today? I want you to do something you don't normally do here at Cowboy Junction. No one get offended at this. I just want you to close your Bibles. No Bibles today. You're welcome to take notes. And the reason why is because if you saw in the video announcements, we're starting a new series here for the next few weeks about your religious beliefs. Fill in the blank. How would you fill in this form? Now, it seems easy, but the interesting thing about it is, is, is most people in today's day and age don't know how to fill in this simple question anymore simple because anybody who is a believer in christ jesus just automatically should know you fill in it as a christian religious belief christian but i can remember back when i was a young man seeing how easy this was to fill out but then noticing how other people were filling them out and began to notice that people filled this out completely differently. This is back in the 80s when I began to notice people would fill this form out in different ways. Not everybody wrote Christian. A lot of people wrote Baptist or Assembly of God or Methodist. It's my first time ever to see somebody who actually wrote in atheist there. The question that I want to start bringing up to our church is how do you fill this in? But then another question I want you to ask How do your friends fill this form out? The reason why this is so important is because for the next couple of weeks, I want to draw your attention to the college weekend that we're having next week. And then the next week after that, after giving an invite to come back, we're going to start addressing some issues that sometimes we struggle with, but definitely the world we live in struggles with also. What is your religious preference? Because right now, religion is not a very popular thing. And I think that can kind of be a cool thing. The reason why is because I don't think religion ever won anybody closer to the heart of God. Religion does not do anything. And by the way, since we're on it, church doesn't either. But just the way that you view this kind of sets the preference precedence on how you see God in your own personal life. The reason why I asked you to close your Bibles is not because I'm anti-Bible. That's not what today about is about. Today is, though, back to school bash. We're fixing to go have a great time with our kiddos. But this message today is going to be short and sweet. It's a message to prepare our hearts for something that our world is going through. Our world is changing. Have you guys noticed that? And if we don't talk about it, we're not going to know what to do with it. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to cover Scripture. We're going to look at different things. But today is just simply a moment to reflect. See, the interesting thing is that today's day and age fills out this form differently than they've ever filled it out before. 
Usually when I was growing up, you'd put Baptist, Assembly of God, Methodist, go down the list. And that kind of set a funny taste in your mouth because it kind of said, you know, we believe one way and they believe another, etc., etc. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But in today's day and age, today's day and age, the people who fill out this form, 23% of Americans just simply put none. N-O-N-E. That's a new word. It's not atheist anymore. It's just simply none. It doesn't mean that they believe in the Big Bang Theory. It doesn't mean that they believe in dinosaurs. It doesn't mean that, that, that they have um, ideas on, on anything other than I'm not sure. And none is the new word for 23% of Americans on their religious preference and background. They just don't have any. It's not that we don't think it's important. It's just that we haven't seen anything that really applies to our life. Now, what's interesting is that's 23% of Americans, but it's 35% of millennials. Here's, here's an interesting thing. Junction Christian Academy takes applications all the time for parents. And as the parents turn their application, the assumption that we had when JCA started is that we are starting a Christian school. And my big thing was, and I set Krill down and told Miss Krill over and over and over and over again, if we're going to start a Christian school, it makes me nervous. Because I don't want to start a school that separates us from reaching people. An isolation, an island, if you will. We only take Christian kids and we put them in our Christian school. And it's, it's just the thing that makes me nervous about starting a Christian school. And Krill said, I understand what you're talking about. I get it, I get it, I get it. But the most alarming thing took place. Yes, parents who are Christians check their kids into Junction Christian Academy. But you would be surprised how many people, when they check their children into Junction Christian Academy and fill out the paperwork that just simply says religious preference, what do you believe A large majority of parents who check their kids into our Christian school aren't even sure they know what they believe. We've got some of the craziest answers at JCA based on this form. None would be one of them. I don't know would be another one. Miss Krill, if there's any part of the form that people get confused about, it's this part. And when the phone rings and it's a parent on there filling out a form, they say, well, we don't really know what to put here. That always shocks us. Do you know our number one soul-winning tool? Every year when we look at the people who accept Christ as their Savior, one of our greatest soul-winning tools here at Cowboy Junction is our Christian school. And when we started it many years ago, I never thought it would be a soul-winning opportunity. And it blows me away how many people just want their kids to know about the God they don't know about. This is a big deal. Something as simple as, what is your religious preference? And people don't know what to put. The reason why this is so important to the church is one reason I had you shut your Bible is because we have to start looking at whether our Jesus sticks or not. Because if you notice the Jesus in the Bible, it's very apparent that the people who were nothing like Jesus like Jesus. Am I, am I moving too fast for you? Think about it. The people who liked Jesus, the, the people who were nothing like Jesus, liked Jesus. 
But can they say that same thing about us? Because the church really kind of has a problem. The churches, and, and, and I'm not just talking about the church out there. I'm talking about the church in here too. You've got to pay attention to, does the Jesus that we talk about have any stick to him at all? After we get through living our life for Jesus, after we get through telling what we believe about Jesus, after we get through being out there and being all about Jesus, while we've got our Camp Crossfire shirts on, our Create Women's Conference that says, I'm all about that grace, about that grace, about that grace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, when we get out there and we are showing our Jesus, my question I have, and it's the reason I want you to shut your Bible and just listen for a minute, is there any stick to the Jesus that we talk about? When we get through living our lives and exemplifying Jesus, is there anybody that wants to know about the Jesus that we represent? Why is that such a big deal? Because maybe the Jesus we know isn't Jesus at all. Maybe some of us think that we know Jesus, but he's nothing like the Jesus that the people of Jesus' day, wanted to be around. See, the church has a problem because we're teaching this Jesus and yet more and more and more and more people are writing none on their applications. There was a new book that came out. Well, I say news. It, it, it came out a long time ago, but I just keep pu pulling it out and keep pulling it out and rereading it. It's one of the easiest, coolest reads you'll ever, you'll ever read. It's called Jim and Casper Go to Church. Great read. Um, the idea behind it is this, is a man who knows Jesus and lives for Jesus and would like to see some of his atheist friends get to know the Jesus he knows and come to church, begins to think of, why is it that when I invite people to church, they don't want to come? And so he turns to his buddy and he says, okay, listen, you're an atheist, right? And he goes, yes, I'm, I'm an atheist. He goes, we're friends, right? He says, yeah, absolutely, we're buddies. We'll always be buddies. We've been buddies forever. He says, I want to write a book, and I want to do an experiment. And if I bought the plane tickets, would you go anywhere with me to church? And his buddy said, so you're going to make me go to church? And he goes, well, well we're going to go to church together. And there's about 12 churches that I'm curious from your standpoint as a non-believing atheist who would look at churches and say, I think they're a good thing, they're just not my thing. I would like to take you to about 12 of the most popular churches in America and we attend together and you tell me what you think about the Jesus that they tell about. And so the atheist friend agreed to it. And that's how Jim and Casper went to church. In each one of these, you're going to see some of the most popular churches in America attended by a Christian and an atheist friend. And what the atheist take is, at the end of the day, that the Christian would look at and say, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about what that looked like. I didn't even think about what the questions came up from that thing happening. And it will surprise you, will absolutely surprise you, the church or the churches that caused this atheist to say, I could come back here, I like the Jesus that is taught here and showed here and serves here. 
I can see Jesus in the people. I can see Jesus in their work. And it's a fascinating story about when Jim and Casper went to church. But it's also a book that challenges churches like ours is if an atheist pulled on the property or if an atheist walked into your life, would your Jesus stick? Because the funny thing is you can pray for people, you can believe for people, you can want for people, you can preach to people, you can quote scriptures to people, you can go down the list of all that Christians do to people. But the fact is, if you don't have Jesus, the real Jesus, nothing is going to work. And the fact is, is that it's a great question, is why does Jesus not stick? It's because the Jesus, because maybe the Jesus that came to the world is not the Jesus that we are like. Maybe the Jesus who came to the world is not the Jesus that we act like, we live like, we go and become like. Maybe we need to look at ourselves and really ask, does my Jesus stick? It's not just the church. Right now, throughout the world, religion is looked at negatively. One time, an atheist debater was asked, where do you think evil comes from? Trying to get the atheist to see that there is evil, and the evil comes from somewhere, and we've got to do something about it. We've got to combat the evil. Where do you think evil comes from? And the atheist debater said, I think evil comes from religion. That's why we should all move away from it. And the whole crowd cheered. That's right now how religion is viewed. Any religion. From Muslims to Christians. Ever since 9-11, of course, we've looked at religions in a completely different way. And of course, we look at religions like being a Muslim in a way that we would turn and say, that is evil. That is of the devil. But do you realize for so many other people, they see how we live our Christianity and they think the same thing about Christians. Karen Armstrong is an author of a book called The Case for God. It's a fascinating story and what makes Karen even more fascinating is that Karen was a former Catholic nun. She gave her life for full service to the Lord. Highly educated woman, way smarter than I am, way more educated than I am. And at some point in her life, being a Catholic nun, she decided that she had become disillusioned and left the covenant, covenant in 1969. She wrote a book called The Case for God, and in it she writes this. She writes this and she says, Many of us have been left stranded with an incoherent concept of God. Okay, stop. Many of us in our life at some point have been given, uh, been stranded, left alone with an incoherent concept of God. Then she says this. We learned about God at about the same time as we were told about Santa Claus. But while our understanding of the Santa Claus phenomenon evolved and matured, think about that. We were kids and we believed in Santa Claus, but then we grew up 
and our, our, our evolution system, our, our way of thinking, our maturity grew up to where we understand there was no Santa Claus. Our theology remains somewhat infantile. And what she's saying is, is that we grew up and we matured, but our faith in God didn't mature. Okay, we're going to keep going. Not surprisingly, we had, when we attained intellectual maturity, many of us rejected the God we had inherited and denied that he existed. Karen Armstrong. This is the basis of how many people slip from a faith to a nun. And it's the very reason why I wanted to talk to you guys today, because this isn't all about them. This could be about us. And if you've ever struggled in your faith and you went to church 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 and nothing happened, time out. Maybe what Karen is saying here is that the same concept you had with Santa Claus and you grew out of him because Santa Claus doesn't grow with you. It's not like you turned 21 and Santa Claus goes has a beer with you someday. It's not like you get married and Santa Claus becomes your best man. At some point, you just grow up and Santa Claus doesn't grow up with you and he gets put behind you. Have you ever had that same thing happen with your relationship with Jesus? To where the Jesus that you were born with and you were raised with and went to Sunday school with didn't grow up with you. And then you turn 21, and Jesus doesn't... No, I won't go there, okay? I just want... Yeah. <laughs> it's throughout life, the Jesus of your youth does not become the Jesus of your adulthood. And you go to church, and you're a nice kid, and you make good decisions, but you don't feel closer to God. If you've ever felt this way, and all of a sudden, you begin to relate more with a nun religion than a relationship with our Father in Heaven. I'd like to address it. Now, how are we going to address these things? Let me tell you. If I've got your attention, I just want you to know I'm almost done. Today is to kind of spice up and stir up the pot. Because I guarantee right now there's somebody that's in your mind that you're thinking, oh my gosh, they need to hear this. Oh my gosh, they need to be here today. Okay, you're going to get an opportunity because today's just information and bait. Okay? And we're not trying to bait and switch. We're trying to give you information that could cause a Jim and Casper experience of would you be willing to go to church with me one more time to talk about something we're talking about at church that could actually address some issues in you. And what are we addressing? Next week is college week. We are packing uh, bags. We are getting our shopping, our, our, our uh, laundry bags ready with detergent and toothpaste and toothbrush and, and gift cards and rolls of quarters to do laundry. We're, we're going to bless these kids. But when they get here, we want to talk to them about a certain thing. For the next two weeks, I'm going to talk about two things, and next week, I am going to talk to you about inconceivable. Okay? Inconceivable. Who, who am I quoting? 
The Prince's Bride. There you go, The Prince's Bride. In The Prince's Bride, the uh, Vizzini, everybody know Vizzini? He's the Sicilian. And all throughout The Prince's Bride, he's saying, inconceivable, inconceivable. I sound like Daffy Duck when I do it. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't sound like Vizzini. Okay, why inconceivable? Because just like Inigo Montoya in the movie, when he turned to Vizzini and said, you keep saying this word, but I do not know, if, I do not think you know what this word means. That's a great, that's a great line. You got to watch it, okay? It is a princess, princess bride kind of day. In the same way Vizzini might not exactly knew what inconceivable meant, for many atheists, the word does not mean what they think it actually means. And for a lot of people, being an atheist doesn't mean what they think it means. And next week, I'm going to talk to our college kids because it's in those college years that you get attacked in your faith. And the God of your childhood does not become the God of your adulthood. He doesn't grow up with you. He does not mature as you mature. He does not intellectually grow as you intellectually grow. He doesn't fit in all the things that you find yourself asking the questions, and a God of faith does not answer the questions of the facts questions that you have. So next week we're going to talk about this. And next week we're going to address the issue of maybe that word doesn't mean what you thought it means. Okay, here's another one. Next week we're going to be covering the, the atheist with you. Okay, inconceivable. But then the next week, we're going to address something different. And this one applies, this one really gets me at home, okay? The God you grew up with did not grow up with you. I know I've said that several times, this, this message. But in two weeks, we're going to be talking about why sometimes we struggle with our faith. Why sometimes most people embrace Christianity before they actually know what they're getting into. And there are many gods... In Christianity. Oh. There are many gods in Christianity, and what ends up happening is if somebody has told you something that you believed and applied it to your faith system, and then you grew up, and the God you were told about doesn't do what you were told he was going to do, it jacks with you. It messes with you. And sometimes we have to stop and pause and ask ourselves, is the God I know actually God? Because the God of my childhood, the God I grew up with, he didn't grow up with me. And now I don't know what to believe. And what I hope this does it kind of causes all of us to steer back and look at our faith and the faith we portray a little bit different way. And then we're going to do something cool. Check this out. We're going to go through this series, okay? We're going to go through this series called Religious Beliefs, fill in the blank. And then Tommy Barnett's going to come. And Tommy Barnett's going to rock our world. He's going to do a fantastic job. And then right after Tommy Barnett, we're going to start a new series. We're going to cover one of the most important books you can ever read if you've ever just found yourself in a spot of none. 
Because Israel found themselves in this position too. And we're going to read the book of Malachi. It's the very last book in the Old Testament. It's four chapters long. Come on, guys. You love books like that. That is cool. But in it, God and the people have this conversation. In the very beginning, God turns to the people and he says, Do you know I love you? This is a part where the people should turn and go, We know you love us. We love you too. And the people give an interesting answer. God turns to the people and says, do you know I love you? And the people turn and say, when did you ever love us? That's what God said. God said, what? I loved you when you went through this. And I loved you in here. And I was there when you went through this. And I have been there for you. And on and on throughout Malachi, God asks a question and the people give a response. And God asks a question and gives a response. And in it, Malachi addresses issues of maturity that didn't take place and faith that didn't grow and it got them to being the nuns that they are today. So, now the ball's in your court. While I was speaking, I know, I know somebody came to your mind. Somebody came to your heart. Somebody struggling. Someone who you know how they would fill this out. You need to step out in faith and encourage them and tell them our pastor has promised two things. Number one, you don't have to give in the offering. Okay? You do, but they don't. Okay? All right? Number two, he is not giving an altar call for two weeks. Okay? This is not the message for us to get people saved. This is not a message for, we, for us to get people to heaven. This is a message for us to have the faith to plant some seed and rebuild relationships because I think church isn't the answer. I think religion isn't the answer. I think we've got to go back to really seeing what made Jesus stick because people who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. The ball's in your court. All week, you have an opportunity to invite your friends. Hardcore, the whole deal. Whatever it will take to get them there. I think we got something for them for the next couple weeks. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. You are great, and you are greatly to be praised. Today, Father, with all my heart, I pray that you would guide this church in relationships that need to be built or rebuilt. There is a world out there who doesn't know you. Whether they've been to church, grew up in church, and wounded, or whether they've just never had a God encounter. Father, today I pray with all of my heart that you would anoint your people to be your ambassadors this week. Anoint me and the words that come out of my mouth. Father, we love you. And we trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ascend our feet. It is 9.30 in the morning, which is the perfect time for hot dogs. Yes, eat them all. Just go nuts. Go have fun with your kiddos. It's back to school Sunday. Cowboy Junction, I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. It's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our lives. God bless you guys. Have a great week.
See you later.